1: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Welcome everybody to the Thanksgiving Eve edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's com, director of scouting of the com, and getting into the holiday mood here on the show, we're going to talk about some things that we're thankful for. We're going to talk about some things we should be more thankful for. We're going to talk about the fallout from Week 11 against the Broncos a little bit more. Had the chance to check the tape. So lots on deck today. Let's get after it. This football season will be different. and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. One of the things I've seen a lot of on social media throughout the course of this week thus far, and it's Wednesday morning, it's still very early, is trying to find the proper allocation of blame for what the hell happened in week 11... What happened with the benching of Tua Tungabailoa? Why the offense is not operating at a high level, etc., etc., etc. Well, so I've been doing the the charting project in which I'm, I'm watching, diagramming, and charting every play the Dolphins offense takes this year. And one of the things that stood out the most to me in watching the film from this game throughout the course of the day yesterday and charting and diagramming it is the Broncos had two elite football players on the defensive side of the football. Number 55 and number 31. Bradley Chubb and safety Justin Simmons. And Vic Fangio, who's been one of the best defensive play callers of this 10, 20-year stretch of NFL football, not an accomplished head coach at this point in time, but his defenses have routinely... Come up with successful game plans. Well, he went on the record after the game and said, well, the Dolphins are running a bunch of defensive fronts that were popular back in the 60s, the old school days. So we went back and found a bunch of power sweeps and so on to counter that. That's fine. That's the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, Bradley Chubb was just better than whoever he lined up across from. And it rained terror on the Dolphins. And you pair that with a young quarterback who was not confident and not comfortable in seeing his reads. Tua Tagovailoa missed throws. And I'm not going to sit here and, and trash Tua for his performance against Denver, just like I'm not going to totally trash Chang or I'm not going to totally trash the offensive line. Everybody has an allocation to blame for what went wrong against the Broncos. But you watch that game and you watch Tua's footwork, And the urgency he felt to climb in the pocket. And you can tell from the very beginning, he was juiced. And sometimes when a quarterback gets juiced, you ain't going to fix that on the sideline. Especially a young quarterback making his fourth career start. J.T. O'Sullivan of the QB school refers to Ryan Fitzpatrick and his footwork at times as clicky. Which is heels click means he's jumping up out of the back of his drops. You saw that from Tua. That is that is an unusual characteristic of Tua's game, is to get heel-clicky with his footwork, which breaks down your base, and then when you decide it's time to throw and your feet aren't set in the ground, your throws go all, over the, go all over the place. And that's how you overshoot Jakeem Grant on a double move on the first possession of the game because you're stepping up in the pocket. It's how you miss Devontae Parker on a wide-open cross pattern for what would have probably been a 40-yard gain. And it's how you miss Devontae Parker when you run mesh concept on third and six in the first quarter and you've got pass rushers Bradley Chubb bearing down off the right side and Jesse Davis did enough to buy Tua room in the pocket. But Tua didn't execute the read for whatever reason and he second guessed it. And I have a feeling a lot of that had to do with The internal clock, the sense of urgency, and also Denver played a lot more pre-snap two-high safeties. And you think about the interception that he did throw that was called back for defensive holding, Denver in the pre-snap rolled out two-high safety look. And at the snap, one of those safeties became a rocker in which he rocks down into uh, the teeth of the play. And it's a one-high safety look, but you in the pre-snap see two high safeties. You say, okay, it's middle of the field open. So I'm going to anticipate some kind of cover two or cover two man. So when I run the deep comeback on the rollout and try throw it to Jakeem Grant, I'm going to anticipate, okay, I see this, this defender is trailing Jakeem. Okay, it, it, you know I saw middle of the field open, so two high safeties at the snap of the ball. It's two man. It's not two men. They, they trapped Tua into the rollout, and he misread the diagnosis. He completely did not see Justin Simmons rolling underneath of the the deep comeback route in the red zone, and he picked it off. And you know, Miami got a fortunate break in which they called defensive holding, and the interception did not count. But that really kind of felt like it set the tone of, like, when you do run mesh on third and six at the eight-minute mark, of the first quarter. I don't know what specifics the Dolphins are coaching, but typically your eyes first move to the corner route when you run mesh and mesh is two shallow crossers that overlap each other. It's a, it's a man beater to try and create space with a rub over the middle of the field and get run after the catch. And if they zone you up, those crossers have the ability to sit down in the middle of the field and make themselves available. It's typically tethered with either an out or a corner to the play side. So your first read is, do I have that deep corner? And then no. Okay, then I'm going to work my eyes to the middle of the field. And there's the first crosser and the second crosser. Is either one of those open? No. And then you'll typically have some late developing route on the backside of the play. So the Dolphins, they run mesh against what is a pre-snap, too-high-safety look. Well, there's a bust, and it looks like it's some variation of quarters, and the guy who's responsible for the outside court of the field drives when Jakeem Grant, out of a bunch set, runs across the field. So you have two guys attacking the shallow cross, going away from the corner, leaving Devontae Parker wide open. Well, Tua, because he got burned with the safety rotation earlier in the game, did not look like he trusted what he saw on that play. Therefore, he ate the ball. He takes a sack for zero yards. Dolphins' possession is over. Don't convert. Think about the stat line for Tua. If he hits the King Grant play and both of the egregious first quarter plays he misses... One was just a missed throw because his footwork, I don't know if he decided late he wanted to go to Devontae, but his feet were set up middle of the field, and he got to that crosser late, and he tried to throw it into to the left so his body was open, and the ball sailed away from him. He couldn't hit it. And then he just ate the ball in a wide open corner to the first read on the mesh concept. Tua Tonga-Vailoa should shoulder a fair share of the blame for why The Dolphins' offense did not click. If he hits those three plays, you're literally talking about, okay, add on another 75 yards because Jaquem Grant's going to score a touchdown. So that's equal to the yardage that he had. And the two Devontae Parker throws probably would have been 40 yards apiece at minimum. You're talking 150 yards on top of the 80 that he threw, and all of a sudden now you got two touchdown passes and 220-something yards. And the Dolphins potentially win the football game. So what I ended up coming away with, and it came courtesy of, it was referenced by Touchdown Wire, and it's a piece by Matt Waldman, uh, who's a a fantasy analyst who does great work. And he had referenced a quote from Drew Brees uh, regarding... His relationship with Marty Marty Schottenheimer and how his development as a quarterback was aided by what Marty Schottenheimer, uh, how he chose to handle and develop him. And how did he choose to handle and develop Drew Brees? He benched Drew Brees three times early on in Drew Brees' career. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected bikes, mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you on thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level classes, always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL to get started. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com NFL to get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Axon Taser. Whenever you're away from home taking a family road trip or getting some outdoor adventures, you need to plan for the safety of you and your family. Taser gives you the tools you need to protect yourself safely. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, and yet they are still nonetheless powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as, you as much as your attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer And easy to use, they use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch, which will send a response team to your GPS location upon firing. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. You can get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. To say 15%. That's Taser.com. Promo code NFL to say 15%. T-A-S-E-R.com. Restrictions apply. Please see the site for details. So what did Drew Brees have to say about Marty Schottenheimer? Um, this is directly from Matt Waldman's piece titled Ruining Quarterbacks. Drew Brees says, quote, I give Marty so much credit as far as my maturation as a quarterback in this league, and he benched me three times. This came on Marty Schottenheimer's A Football Life. But there were times where I needed that. It was a part of my growth. And the interview segment transitions to Brees on the sideline with Schottenheimer during a game. Schottenheimer telling Brees, listen to me. If it's a one-score game, your ass will be out there, but I'm not putting you at risk in this situation. You hear me? Drew Brees continues with this quote, I was still his guy, and I felt that all the way through, so I love him for that. That carried over to 2004, where we had one of our better seasons. So the talking heads and pundits on national television have had an absolute blast with the Tua Tungavello, Brian Flores, Ryan Fitzpatrick saga. And I'm sorry, but by stating Brian Flores choosing to bench Tua Tungavello because he'd taken two sacks and was not executing uh, for whatever reason is no big deal. He was protecting his quarterback. He was protecting his team. That's not going to generate clicks. That's not going to generate a bunch of interest and eyeballs. Being way over the top and overly dramatic. Here's an example of a Hall of Fame quarterback. The most accomplished quarterback in NFL history, according to the stats. Just raw production. The most productive quarterback in the history of the NFL was benched three times by Marty Schottenheimer in similar game situations to what Brian Flores just took to a tongue of LOL. But we're going to make this into some big frickin' thing. No. Tua, for whatever reason, was not on his best game, and it was getting to the point in which the game situation was going to call for them to open up the offense and try and pass the ball, and Denver was teeing off because Tua, because there were some wires crossed and Denver was playing a bunch of games and and has an elite free safety in Justin Simmons, wasn't making decisions quickly enough to protect himself and keep the offense moving. That's all it was. It's a learning experience. And Brian Flores said today on Wednesday during his press but our Tuesday meeting was business as usual. It's a little bit of adversity. And let's also not forget Tua Tungavailoa <laughs> went to the University of Alabama and endured effectively a year-and-a-half quarterback battle with Jalen Hurts. Do you think him getting pulled late in the game against Denver in his fourth career start is going to mentally break him? Or do you think the expectations of Miami are going to crush this kid when he's already been through so much as far as what he's experienced at the University of Alabama when Nick Saban's trying to walk the tightrope and not commit to either quarterback because he wants to do right by Jalen Hurts? And he wants to get Tua on the field, but he can't commit fully. And Jalen Hurts has his own package of plays, and they're they're splitting series, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tua gets benched in game four when he's not playing well, and it's going to break him mentally? No. Absolutely not. But Tua does deserve a fair bit of the blame for this game against Denver. The good news is it's. One week at a time. Valuable learning lessons. I'll be interested to see if the Jets start putting a bunch of two high free safeties and start playing games instead of just automatically walking out one high free safety and congesting the box. How the Dolphins adjust will tell us a lot. Changely, bit of the blame. Tua Tonga Valoa, bit of the blame. Receivers and a lot of the concepts, not defeating man coverage, bit of the blame. Not being able to run the football, bit of the blame. Austin Jackson being completely incapable of handling Bradley Chubb, bit of the blame. All of those variables add up. Being on the road at high altitude, maybe a little bit of the blame. Dolphins feeling themselves five straight wins, maybe a little bit of the blame. It happens. Let's not overreact to it. As we said on Monday, we're going to have the opportunity to potentially go to eight and four. If we get to eight and four, it's game on. Let's win two football games and give ourselves a chance to make the playoffs. I don't care which ones they come from. The Raiders one is the most important one to win from there. But this week, it's New York Jets, New York Jets, New York Jets, New York Jets, New York Jets. Get right. Let's see what they cook up. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Bilt Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet. And best of all, with it being Black Friday this weekend, chances for additional savings are yours at BuiltBar.com. You can visit BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on and save twenty-five percent off on Black Friday, plus additional savings depending on what you put in your cart. So swing over to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on this Black Friday, and save twenty-five percent plus to become a part of the Built Bar Gang.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So to close the show today, I'd like to talk about a couple of things that we're thankful for here in 2020 as Miami Dolphins fans. And I think the first thing you have to start with is Brian Flores. The Dolphins are six and four in ten games this year. They were five and four in their final nine games of two thousand and nineteen. If they win this weekend against the Jets, you are talking about a team that is twelve and eight in their last twenty football games in year one slash one and a half of one of the most ambitious rebuilds and dramatic teardowns we've seen in recent memory in the NFL. Brian Flores is the unquestioned right leader of this organization and we should be very thankful to have him. Something we should not be thankful for. It is the bitter side effect of being relevant once again as a NFL franchise with Tua Tagovailoa and the team success and so on and so forth. The narratives around this team are going to at times be exhausting. And, and me running USA Today's Dolphins Wire, one of the things that I am charged with is creating four to six pieces of daily content, 365 days a year about the Miami Dolphins. And on, when there's days in which I find it difficult to find things to talk about, I'll look for what the national outlets have to say about this team. And this week, you can bet your ass... <laughs> I did not look or search for a single opinion on anything. Not because I couldn't have used the help with layup conversation pieces to create things that Dolphins fans would be interested in reading about about the team, but rather because all the noise out there is trash. It was last week the Dolphins or Brian Flores is going to win coach of the year, and Tua Tonga Valoa can be the first QB since da-da-da to do da-da-da, and blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. blah. blah, 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 blah. And now it's, oh, my God, the Dolphins screwed up royally. They should have drafted Justin Herbert. Tua Tonga Valoa, it's still early, but he's looking like a bust, and I can't believe he got benched, and Brian Flores dropped the ball because he ben. Stop. And we as Dolphins fans, we're not used to people talking about our team to this degree. So I'm not thankful for that impact that it's going to have on this fan base. And my my hope and my wish for all of you listening to the show and Dolphins fans everywhere is don't let the noise get to you. Don't let the narratives change your perspective just because people on large platforms have something to say about your team. This team is doing the right things. Ryan Flores has not done wrong or ill by this organization once yet. Because everything he's doing, he's instilling a positive culture. The team is learning how to win. The team is overachieving in year two of a rebuild. There's player development taking place everywhere on the roster. We knew this team was going to be limited in certain ways, and sure enough, they are. Because Rome wasn't built in a day, you can't rebuild an entire 53-man roster into a Super Bowl contender overnight. You can't do it. And yet the Dolphins are 6-4 and, and very much in the thick of the AFC playoff race. With two games remaining the next two weeks that the expectation should be to win. Because they're facing the winless Jets and they're facing the Cincinnati Bengals with Brandon Allen starting a quarterback this weekend. And no Joe Mixon. We're talking about eight wins in 12 games. Potentially. Potentially. Don't let the noise sour you on what is happening with the Miami Dolphins. That is my hope for you because it's going to be very easy to just listen to what the national outlets and, and pundits and, and talking heads have to say and say, man, like, we aren't all that. And we're, we're not. But not only are we not all that, but man, we're frauds. We stink, et cetera, et cetera. No, we don't stink. It feels like you stink because you look at the Broncos' record and you see that they're 3-6 and six and you say, man, we were on a five-game win streak. We should have won this football game, whatever. Elite players have the opportunity to take over football games. You saw the Broncos do that. 55-31 and 31 took over the football game. It is what it is. The good news is you look forward to the New York Jets. I don't see a lot of elite football players on this team. Quentin Williams is a talented young player. Mikai Becton, if he's healthy, is a talented young player. Sam Darnold, we don't know what he is, but it feels inevitably that Sam Darnold's going to be playing football somewhere other than New York with the Jets next season. Undisciplined, poorly coached. They're 0 10 for a reason. You know what I what I don't want to do as the host of Locked On Dolphins, is start becoming presumptive of wins. But if the Dolphins are anything like we think they are, you cannot lose this football game. Something else we should be thankful for. I think about the player development we've seen from Raquan Davis and Brandon Jones. And those two really pop to me. Uh, Raquan's a stud, guys. You know, I remember on draft day, round two, J.K. Dobbins goes one spot ahead of the Dolphins, and I say, damn, man, that, that we were so close. But seeing what Raekwon Davis has become as a nose tackle for the Dolphins, when the Dolphins go with these condensed three-man fronts, and they force centers into one-on-ones with Raekwon Davis, he's overwhelming them. Size, power, length, you name it. It's pretty exciting to watch. He's going to be a player, and you know why Ryan Flores was so excited about getting him. Brandon Jones, this dude was all over the place in this past game. He's taking on a bigger role on this team, and I would expect you'll continue to see him do exactly that. He's an exciting piece to work with. Now let's get the offense back on track. Let's see if we can't awaken the run game a little bit. I'd be a little bit more in tune with the screens in the early downs. You know, we gave the Chargers a bunch of flack. You want to see an offense turtle, look what the Chargers did against the Dolphins. But some easy completions after the game we're coming off of probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Right. The challenge is, is as teams get reps on tour, they're going to try and replicate some things that he struggled with. So let's be a, a step ahead of the game and let's have some play packages that create some easy throws, easy completions, and give, you know, they, they, the Dolphins have this RPO concept in which there's a now, quote-unquote, a now screen to the top of the field, where if you get soft coverage, you can take the snap and throw it out there right away. Forget about the mesh point. That's been there a couple of times. Numbers advantage. Let's start emphasizing those. Let's start emphasizing this little Texas screen that we ran earlier in the season. Or tunnel screens that come into the teeth of the defense. Take advantage. If they're going to blitz us with a ton of people, let's run the screen behind it. I think that's the next step for the Dolphins, and I would not be surprised to see the first, third, and six-plus Dolphins go screen pass. I just hope they run it into the middle of the field and they don't run it outside the numbers because the Dolphins don't have a lot of athletes capable of getting out there on the line of scrimmage. So run it where your bodies are. Don't try and run your bodies out in the space when they're never going to make it there. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know I certainly did. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody who may not listen tomorrow. I plan on having something for us tomorrow uh, as my appreciation and thankfulness to all of you loyal listeners of Locked On Dolphins. Kyle Krabs signing off. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'll talk to you guys again later this week as we continue to get ready for the New York Jets.